Welcome to Opening Doors to Resolution, a mediation podcast with your host, Steve Shulwolf. First of all, a mediation podcast. What's a mediation podcast and why would somebody want to have one? So I thought having a mediation podcast would be something that hopefully somebody other than my mother and immediate family would find interesting as well. Sometimes this podcast will delve a little bit more into numbers than law. Sometimes we'll focus more on law than numbers. Interesting guests. I am very proud to have him here. It's the Honorable Clint Hall. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. You read me 100%. One of the things I always enjoyed working with you and your firm was you always gave me the ability to reach my own opinions and to dive deep to do that and to do whatever I needed to do it. I consider myself, I call myself mostly clean. (laughs) Hard hitting questions. So John, have you ever been retained in a case in which you would say part of your expertise was to identify whether a substance was or was not a pollutant? Would you consider the aroma of Indian food to be a pollutant. Because the law sometimes is impacted by culture, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't note that the Southern District of New York, probably not surprisingly, in uh, Greengrass versus Lumbermans, found that the smell of a delicatessen called Sturgeon King's Deli was not a pollutant. And in fact, the court, and I got a kick out of this, actually quoted from Zag, the Zagat's Guide, you know, that rates restaurant. different restaurants. Right. right, right. So the guide itself said the smells alone are worth the price of admission. So therefore, it can't, it can't be. be right. just said that. <laughs> Who's the funniest person in the courtroom? Absolutely. Hysterical. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Stand up and lawyering might not be as different as maybe people listening to this thing. So in what ways are they similar? (laughs) You know, I think there's many. Fun and games. We're going to play a little game. It's a modification off of a game that Monty Hall used to play, a game show game. It uh, helps the game show theory of mediation. There's three doors. I want that door, Steve. Okay. Do you understand the rules, Judge? I do understand the rules. Excellent. And you're still willing to play? I am here and ready to go. Excellent. Much appreciated. (laughs) Now, there actually is a reason that we're playing this game. Shocking admissions. I'm not a pigeon, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) As I promised, I am showing you that there was, in fact, a goat, a nice looking goat, but a goat nonetheless, behind door number one. That's a disappointment because I like goats. Okay, all right, well, you you still might have a chance to win one. (laughs) I'm not a dancing, you know, circus animal either. Your comedic persona probably, you know, would have naively walked into I would have walked right into that room. (laughs) I would have probably like brought my own ice bucket. I mean, I would have been like, yeah, let's do this. I can say for the record that I am not one of the mediators that will intentionally withhold the snacks until until you get to a point. No, that was a secret of the profession. Oh, really? Oh. You, you haven't been in a mediation in which you've been, you know, starved out for a little bit and the snacks maybe show up later in the <laughs> afternoon? <laughs> no, okay. maybe I've been played this whole time. Mediation Insights. A mediator needs to be perceived by all parties as neutral. A mediator's job is to assist the parties because it's the parties who ultimately have control over the mediation process and ultimately determine whether they will or will not settle a case. It's informal as opposed to 
proceedings in front of a judge, and the mediator is tasked with identifying issues. Now, this podcast is going to focus a lot on the type of issues that mediators can identify and ways in which they can assist parties in resolving disputes. After 26 years, being in the courtroom first as a prosecutor and then the last 10 years as a judge, I do think that you're absolutely right that people go into it, litigants go into it thinking that there's percentages and that they're likely to win and that they're going to win. But what they don't take into account is human nature, the one that you just talked to about a jury or a judge. They don't really understand rules of evidence and how a judge may rule differently. And so during my 10 years on the bench, one of the hardest things is seeing parties being so distraught, uh, whether it be in a civil courtroom, a criminal courtroom, a family courtroom, when the ruling doesn't go the way that they believed it was going to go. So I 100% concur with you that the benefit of mediation is to be able to work through that process, to have control, to be able to identify issues and work through those issues outside of the courtroom and to come to a resolution that both parties can agree upon. Because again, seeing the hardship and talking to all of my fellow judges, that's probably one of the hardest things to see when a, when a case doesn't go the way that the party thinks it's going to go. A good lawyer always explains weaknesses of their case to a client. But if they go too far, they're perceived as being, you know, are you on my side? I'm going to find somebody else who's going to tell me what I want to hear. A mediator, I think, has the opportunity to try to explain that before it comes from somebody like yourself. I think mediation, one of its benefits is that at least once in a case, and maybe more than that, it gives the parties the opportunity to take a step back and you know focus on bigger issues in a way that you can expedite more than you can when you're litigating. You have to wait till that trial date to have the day of reckoning in court, where in mediation, that can be your day of reckoning. And as I said, that's really the reason why I've kind of pivoted to doing more mediations because I find that to be something that allows me the opportunity to assist the parties. For practitioners, the lesson you know needs to be that the conclusion an expert comes up with, if it coincidentally is the magic words that you need to survive summary judgment or prevail in a case, that doesn't per se make it a bad opinion, but I think it draws some scrutiny. I think eyebrows are raised when experts try to come in and tell the court, here are magic words. I am so excited for you to tune in to the upcoming season of Opening Doors to Resolution. You'll be able to find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and all of your favorite listening platforms.